Bay possibly. It usually takes about three, four seconds, and I think we're live. Yep, yep. Hello, everyone. My name is Kieran, and welcome to the recent podcast, Dev Thingy. And today, I am talking to the one and only Morgan M. Morgan, please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Morgan. Thanks a lot for having me on the podcast, by the way. Um, no in worries. These, these troubling times. These troubles. <laughs> the troubles. Oh, no. um, in the troubles. There you go. Really... <laughs> yeah, was... Um... <laughs> I was close to making a joke there, and I was like, oh, no, let's just step back away from that. There we go. No car bombs this time. Yeah. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm uh yeah I'm the I'm the principal dev on uh, Atomic MP which is a multiplayer Fallout fan game that we've mm. been working on for a hot second and uh, essentially the reason I think why we're having this podcast is because we've recently um, made some major fixes to the game and it's definitely in a more presentable state yeah. and uh, I'm hoping that some of you will gladly you know come to our come to our Discord and check it out and give mm. your feedback and all the above yeah and uh yeah i'm just here to talk about the particulars you know design art um Ooh, you know God. what we're planning for the future you got know the whole, whole nine yard got a lot of cool questions for you man some gameplay yeah, mechanics yeah. got some interesting little things uh by the way uh, this is going to be uploaded to youtube so the discord which mm-hmm. morgan's referring to is down in the description below for you is wondering uh, before you use for twitch then now you're just gonna have to fucking wait yeah <laughs> it's all good, or just or just go to the Atomic MP Bundicott video, and you can find it there. Yeah, there you see, it, it's a double plug. It's a double. Plug. Yeah, double plug. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm actually, I was actually really excited for this podcast because uh, recently, was it over the past three? Uh, yeah, have I done three? Yeah, I've done three interviews with like follow modders and all that before and i realized my questions were getting sort of the exact same because everyone is working on like the creation engine and stuff like that exactly yeah but they this is like a standalone game yeah, yeah i think you know if anything i think that's kind of what so to, a little bit of backstory so I, mm. i've been working in i went to school actually for um level design and game design but then kind of coming out of school i ended up finding myself more drawn towards the sort of technical programming engine aspects Hmm. um and actually in the beginning this project was just supposed to be a way for me to learn uh multiplayer because for for those of you don't know um but i'm sure this kind of probably will seem obvious to everybody multiplayer design and multiplayer games are way way harder to make than single player games yeah Uh, i think if anything fallout 76 is probably a a (laughs) testament to that yeah i was just about to reference that there yeah, but uh, but multiplayer games are just a pain in the ass to make, and on every level, right? On a technical level, on mm. design level, like they're just they're just much more difficult to make. Because if you think about it, you know, a single player game, it's it's almost like it's almost kind of similar to a to a movie where the director or whoever's mm. making the game has a pretty good idea of what your experience is going to be like. Yeah, and then also if you ruin your experience, it's only ruined for you and not for everybody else, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in Fallout 76, for example, if you're walking around, there's some NPC that you really want to talk to or something, yeah, and their head gets blown off, and then you can't talk to them. Your gaming experience has been ruined by another player, right? Yeah. So the multiplayer, there's definitely a lot of balancing that goes into there, um, and uh, and that's something that we've been trying to that we've been trying to wrap our heads around. Um, mm. But in the beginning, all this was just supposed to be a way for me to kind of experience experiment with this, right? Yeah. But then, of course, you know, it got a lot more interest, and I ended up realizing that, you know, I think what I I always really have loved Fallout, 
but I think I've almost loved it more from a creative standpoint and from a yeah. universe standpoint than the games themselves. Like, I, I mean, I, I love, I, I think I, my favorite Fallout really is easily that, yeah. New Vegas, but I think mm. I've always almost been more attracted to like, to the lore behind it and to the universe, even yeah. more so than necessarily the games, you know? Mm-hmm. So in my head, I, I thought, well, what I, I think what I really want is I want a place where I can basically live in the Fallout universe pretty much and have it be, you know, my own rules and my own everything. Right? So I think that's that's kind of where the... God uh, of your own realm. The impetus. Yeah, God of my own yeah. realm. <laughs> Which, for the record, I think a lot of video game designers kind of have a, a little bit of a God complex mm, somewhere, right? Yeah. It kind of takes that to, you know, be sitting there making your own little world, right? But, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that's 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 the impetus behind that, and and like you were saying, you know, I think compared to the creation club, I think or the creation engine, I yeah. think there's just there's a lot of differences that come from just format, right? Because there's mm. a lot of things that like you know there's a lot of things that those boys who are working on those projects, boys and girls, I should say, um, they're already going to have all laid out for them. So like yeah. you know the gunplay, the AI, the all this is stuff that they already have. Yeah. All the fundamentals are just already there. All the, all the fundamentals yeah. are already there, right? But what they don't have is they don't have the ability to create completely new gameplay that's never been seen in Fallout before, right? Because they're yeah. almost limited by by that. Yeah. So for example, you know this vertebrate stuff that we're talking about. You know this latest video with the mm. with the vertebrate flying. Yeah. This is something that is almost impossible in the creation engine, right? Um, you know, you you can you can have this vertebrate flying around on predestined, you know, flight routes. Yeah. But actually having controls and being able to, you know, yeah. land it and fly around a lot. I think that's that's where the complications arise, right? And mm-hmm. what I want to do is I want to have a game where, you know, I can have the fall experience exactly as I imagine it. Yeah. And I think what I realized was that the creation engine in its current state was just too limiting for that, right? Right. Um, so I think, you know, that that's kind of where that comes from. Uh, and actually, I think, if anything, I think that one of the things that I realized with Fallout 76 as it developed was that it was unlikely that they were ever going to give us modding tools for the multiplayer that mm. would be interesting enough that I would want to use them. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, they would, they sure, would be sure. bare bones at most, bare like, bones. Well, like a pedal exactly. or something like that they would probably get you. But yeah, Exactly. Then, yeah. Which, which I think is sad because I've always thought that the strength of the Bethesda games were in their ability to allow people to make almost complete overhauls of the yeah. games right mm. and i think and i think that once you take that away you know the games are still good but you know they don't have the same longevity that they would yeah otherwise have, like just look right? at skyrim still like there's still like full-on games coming out through exactly, skyrim exactly. yeah one actually i still haven't installed i can't remember because i think and i think it's 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 simple math right mm. i think it's like you know a dev team what they're gonna have you know maybe two, three years to work on a project, maybe more in Bethesda's case, right? Yeah. But but in terms of man hours, if you compare that to, you know, a million modders working at the same time, those modders can produce content at a crazy pace because, you know, it's like a million people across the globe in comparison to just a dev team yeah. that's, you know, a fi- fixed amount of people, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's, that's for me what, what the strength of games like you know minecraft or like you know skyrim or whatever is the yeah. ability to kind of you know democratize game design um yeah. and have all these this new content so yeah i think that that's that's how i see that that's fantastic see like i've been uh, i have like a list of questions like loaded up here and i just have to keep like mm-hmm. 
lining them out because you're just hitting all these points. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. No, I'll just, I'll just keep letting them go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, like the uh, the Verbird was a uh, was something I wanted to like dive into a little bit because, like, I was looking at the gameplay and it seemed it was it seemed very. Hang on, I'm just I'm just gonna quickly look at it again. It's like you can look at it in like a first person sort of perspective, right? Exactly, yeah. that's correct. It, re- it reminded me a lot of like Arma, sort of exactly. the way it's flying. Yeah. See, is so there going to be like other vehicles in the game, or is that going to be the only one? No. So, so uh, yeah. here's the interesting thing about the vertebrate. Yeah. The way that it works essentially is that you you for right now anyway in its current state mm. you you walk over to the vertebrate and if you click on the pilot seat it allows you to then control the vertebrate right yeah but what's great is that other players can actually just jump in the vertebrate and fly off with you and they don't they don't have to sit in a seat or anything they can just jump on so what i, what I would compare it to is if you've ever played sea of thieves right yeah yeah um where like you know you can kind of jump on and off a boat at any time right mm-hmm. uh this, this is the same where basically the you know the, the pilot jumps on the vertebrate he starts controlling it and then any other player can quickly hop on or hop off at any time. Right? Yeah. And and they're not forced to be locked into a turret or locked into a seat or whatever. Right? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's really cool, actually. I quite like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just... I was sort of just making that comparison in my head there. I just finally got it. I know, we're just looking at some vertebrate gameplay at the moment. It looks really fucking cool. Yeah, and what's cool too is that it allows us, you know, the vertebrate, it then means that it has, you know, especially if you, so if you look right now, the scale of the map has changed a lot from the previous version. Yeah. We're now actually for, to walk from one end to the other map could take easily like 30 minutes, right? In its its current state, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that means that all of a sudden vehicles like the vertebrate, and because there's no fast travel in the game, vehicles like the vertebrate all of a sudden have a much bigger utility and we're going to have motorcycles as well right oh and so these vehicles will all of a sudden gain a whole new a whole new level just because if you want to move around in any kind of speedy way yeah. you'll need them right mm-hmm. and the other thing about a vertebrate too is that um you know because you're in the sky and most of the enemies in our game are on the ground like the creatures anyway yeah it'll allow you to deliver supplies and people from one location to another yeah. without them having to go through some of these more dangerous areas yeah how will like i remember talking to you about this when you first released the vertebrate gameplay and i was very and, and, I, and I, this particular detail kind of got me a little bit excited because of the whole game being like sort of survivally in a way mm-hmm. um obtaining the vertebrate is quite interesting mm-hmm so essentially, I think the idea is that the vertebrate starts out hmm. as a crash, right? So you find yeah. a crashed vertebrate. Yeah. And when you find a crashed vertebrate, you know, it'll have enemies around it. Um, and you'll have to defeat those enemies. And then once you've defeated them, you can salvage the crash, right? And then once you have that crash salvaged, basically you build a camp around the crash site, right? Hmm. And then you have to go find the pieces to fix the vertebrate. And the idea is that that crash site will actually stay there, you know, it'll, it'll be persistent until the vertebrate is built. So, for example, you know, like maybe you'll log in one yeah. and you'll find a crash. You mm-hmm. set your camp there and then you log off. When you log back in, the crash will still be there waiting to be worked on, right? Right, okay. 
And then that way, basically, you can have a team of people who, you know, every day are gathering resources, mm. gathering materials to fix up this vertebrate. Yeah. And then once it's done, then you have a flyable vertebrate that you can fly wherever you want, yeah. right? And I think what we're going to do as well is that we're essentially we're going to have um, locations that you can fly the vertebrates to mm. that um, other players cannot walk to, right? So, for example, on the top of a cliff that you can't scale or whatever, right? Right. And so that'll that'll be a way for players to to basically keep their vertebrate from being destroyed by other players, is because it'll be so high up that they won't be able to reach it. Yeah. Or at some point, once we have base building, you'll have a garage where you can go and you can park your vertebrate. Um, my interest got but, peaked when you said yeah. base building. I don't think that was said before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, so, hello. Yeah, so with, yeah. with the new scale of the map, I think we're going to do, and I, you know, we're, we're, trying, we're trying to keep the, hmm. the scale of our ambitions relatively low so we can have right. this release in the near future. Yeah. But I think what I want to do is I want to have it so that essentially um, you, you, know, you find a plot of land, right? Mm-hmm. So there'll be, there'll be spaces out in the wasteland that you can find. Uh, and then you claim that as your own, and then you can build buildings. And essentially, the way it'll work is that each building will have a, a, a you know, it'll be predefined um, building sets. So we're not going to have like you know, similar what Fallout Four has, where you're you know, placing each individual little bit. Right. Um, okay. it'll, it'll really be it'll really be predefined buildings. Right. But they will, but there'll be buildings that will be based off of what faction you are. So let's say, for example, you know, you're a, you're a raider, right? Yeah. All the buildings that you'll place will be raider themed buildings right but then if you're an ncr player any buildings that you place will be ncr themed so that way from a distance if Mm. you see a player's base you'll be able to know what faction they are right and then if you're a wastelander you just have the neutral buildings right yeah and so that way what it will do as well is it'll allow players to go out and colonize the wasteland for their faction and Mm. it'll be visually easy to see you know what faction is where because they'll have their own building styles right yeah right um, see i want to i want to scale back just a little bit because um yeah, we've ahead, not really ahead. we've not really i don't think before factions have been really in discussion really um like you just mentioned like ncr and then raiders and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff there so i'm, I'm kind of curious in how all that's going to work will they be like nc like npc driven or will it just be like ncr is just filled and just operated by players so here's what i'm going to do for some of these questions i think is a good idea is i'm going to tell you what we already and then i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you what i want and then i'm going to tell you how much time i think it's going to take so that way we all have you know have a good idea because i I want to keep these conversations realistic right you know i of course i in the way that i think is i want something that people can play in you know max a year I don't want to have right. a crazy mm. project that everybody loves the idea of, but that they'll never be able to play. Right? right. Okay. So what we have right now is you can you can choose a faction, and it's actually it's attached to your Discord faction. So the game looks at your Discord faction, and then that assigns you your faction. Right. Um, but at the moment, all it does is that it changes the color of your name, and that's mm. it. Right. Yeah. The next level that I want to implement is I'm gonna have these faction hubs basically right so those are going to be the raider faction hub you know the Mm. ncr faction hub and based off of the tag those npcs will either shoot you or they won't shoot you and if they don't shoot you then you can come in and you can access their unique faction shops right okay so that's actually not too complicated to make so i think we could easily have that in a couple months right yeah um 
you know, we already have actually most of the setup for that. We have human NPCs, we have the faction tags. So really it's just a, you know, a matter of connecting those two and building locations, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then what I want in the future is I'd like it so that, you know, the factions have these big hubs, which where there's NPCs that are controlling them. Yeah. But then the NPCs give faction kind of quests. So essentially what it would be is it would be, you know, you'd have some kind of bulletin board for each faction and those would be given out to the players. And there'd be different fa different quests for different ranks. So let's say you're in the faction. Let's say you're like a you know you're a, a warlord, a raider warlord or something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, you'd you'd be given a different pool of quests than the basic recruit, right? Okay. And those quests would be automatically generated by the factions, and then you would go do those quests. And then once you did those quests, you'd be rewarded with reputation in your own faction, right? Right. So essentially what that would do is it mean that there would be always something to do within the faction. Mm -hmm. But um but but then also is that the 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 quests themselves would be naturally directed by the NPCs instead of having to be, you know, made by a moderator or an admin or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. And I think what what would be even the the next layer, this would be the, the even further layer would be that the those faction quests would change based off certain things like for example the amount of times the faction has lost territory or like you know how many members are in the faction or how much money the faction has or all these yeah. things and then different quests would be put into the pool based off of those values yeah so let's say for example let's say the faction is doing really low on money right like okay. you know there's been a lot of new recruits lately they've had to buy kit so the faction bank is really low well then the npc would put out a quest for all the recruits saying, hey, you know, go like go do caravans to get the faction money. Yeah. So that'd right. be that'd be the for the recruits. Mm. But then the quest the quest for like a leader would be get five players and go raid another settlement, right? So you'd right. see that like the quests that would be given out to each player would yeah. be based off their rank yeah. and based off of the needs of the faction, pretty mm -hmm. much. And I think that you know, you can see that each different layer that I gave you of that system is more and more complex, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the way that I see it is I think we need, we need to do each layer one at a time. And then over time, the system will get more and more interesting, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. you know, right now we have this first base layer of, okay, well, you know, the players have factions and there we go, right? You know, they can see, you can see who's in which faction, that system works. Mm -hmm. The next layer is there's NPC hubs. And though only those players can go there without being shot, right? Now that's yeah. like the next that's the next level. And then the level beyond that is this last level that we've been discussing of you know having these quests that are given out to the players with the reputation system and all of that, which is obviously going to take a little bit more time. Yeah. But I think the way to go about it is really building these systems one at a time, so that way we can have tests where players can come and try them out mm -hmm. because we might we might not even know it. But maybe this idea that I'm having is actually going to be boring and not fun at all, right? Yeah. And then that, mm -hmm. and then that way, we can have a first test, and then if everybody's saying like, "Yeah, I'm working," I don't know, you know, this shit kind of sucks, right? Yeah. Then I can just scrap it before we invest a bunch of time in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. I think that's that's sometimes I feel like it's sometimes the mistake that I see with some of these big modding projects. Yeah. Is it would be a lot better for them to do incremental releases of their game. Yeah. There's, people try it out. Yeah, there's one project that's doing it, Badlands. They're releasing their modern like five different leaks, sort of. 
releases instead of all just jumbled up in the big one which i feel I like is way better smart. yeah it's way yeah, better instead yeah. of waiting like 20 years to, to finish a mod and then release it and then exactly. find out like oh it's not really that fun yeah, yeah. exactly because i think that's that's something that people underestimate with games all the time that you can yeah. be so sure of an idea and then you try it out, and it turns out it's just not that good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It happens all the yeah. time. Yeah, that's what I like with um. That's what I like with your project actually is how open you are with it. To be honest, mm-hmm. like uh, with the, with the testing and all that as well, because even like big official video games, right? None of them fucking get testers for it. Like no, not no, like they, they don't, don't get outside people to come and play either. To just yeah, it's it, it usually ends up in chaos. So I'm I'm glad that you do that. Yeah, I watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little something about QA because a lot yeah. a lot of my friends are QA for big for big game studios because I'm from Montreal, so you know oh, yeah. I I know I know you know there's a lot of big gaming studios up here, mm-hmm. and uh, I've worked in a couple of them and I have a lot of friends in them. <clears throat> and uh, the truth about QA is that most of the time, first off, those guys tend to be treated like dog shit really? all the time, and also a lot of those a lot of those guys they don't get to have any input on the design. So all they're doing is basically testing for bugs, right? Mm, yeah. And what that means is that means that these games can be totally not fun, and you but know, they're and they'll free. get, but they're bug free. <laughs> they don't have as many yeah. bugs, but it doesn't even matter because if you're fixing the bugs, but the game is shit, who cares, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that's something actually that a lot of companies are now realizing is that, you know, it makes more sense to do you know testing with actual players and to give the qas a little more freedom and you know mm. talking to the designers because ultimately you get a better game right yeah uh, and i think that the more companies realize that the more they're going to be able to make better games mm-hmm. and i think that there's there's this idea in games that like you know making profit and making a fun game are incompatible right yeah but i i actually think that that's not true because you look at some of the games that have made the most money you know, throughout yeah. the industry, and Fortnite. their games, yeah, exactly. Their yeah. games, but <laughs> that, that's the thing is that their games where the designers thought, well, what do the players really want? Mm. And then every 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 update, they would go, hey, here's a new feature. Tell us how you like it. Here's a new yeah. feature. Tell us how you like it. And you know, Fortnite, though it's not my favorite game, I don't even play mm. Fortnite. Neither do but, I, to be honest. But one thing that's uncontested about Fortnite is that they update a lot, right? Yeah. They put out a lot of updates. They're consistent, they do, yeah. Yeah, they do a lot of community surveys, you know, and that shit's fucking gold, man. Dude, yeah. That's how, that's how you make a good game is by mm-hmm. talking to your customers. You know? Yeah. Like if I open a sandwich shop, and every time I make a sandwich, the c- customers come over and say, "Hey, you know what? If you could put a little more fucking pickles on it, that'd be greatly appreciated." Yeah. And I don't put any pickles on the sandwich. I'm gonna lose my customers. You know, that's yeah. just how it works. Yeah. Uh, but some do not understand. Some do not understand. Uh, see, Ashley, I've got a few more. I've got interesting questions for you. Go ahead. This one is sort of more on the legal aspect, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Atomic is borrowing, uh, or from like what I heard from ages ago. I don't know if it's changed or not. But like, you borrowed assets from the main game. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. That's yeah. correct. How does that work? Is that going to be like a legal problem in the future? Like, how do, is that like how is that working? So, so, yeah. he, so basically, Bethesda's stance on fan games for a long time has mm. been that most of the time, if you're not making money and you don't represent competition to any of their games, 
mm. they're unlikely to do what's called a DMCA, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I realized that if this were to get popular enough, there's always the possibility that Bethesda would yeah. DMCA us. And yeah. to be honest, they would be within their rights to do that because we are using both some of their assets, mm. but also their their IP, right? Yeah. And actually, this this goes for any of the fallout mod projects mm. at all right because yeah. if you're making a if you're making a fallout mod technically you're reusing and redistributing their code and you're making changes to it and distributing it to more people right yeah mm-hmm. so there's always there's always the potential for you know for for legal backlash i think yeah. what we've been doing to, what we've been doing to try and mitigate that mm-hmm. is at the moment anybody who wants to play amp we require that you own fallout 4 um on pc or on console yeah oh yeah that was in your faq wasn't it exactly exactly so that's 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 one of our that's kind of one of our preventative measures and the other one is that we're never going to make money off yeah i've never not even donations like i've never wanted to make any cash at all yeah so what i'm hoping is i'm hoping that you know bethesda and all of its wisdom Mm. can see us for what we are which is just a fan game that's kind of like you know trying to trying to bring more attention to the fallout franchise yeah and that they'll they'll also be able to understand that you know anybody playing our game is a good thing for them because it means that they have to purchase one of their games in order mm. to, you know? so yeah. it's, like, it's 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 not it's not like we're diverting funds away from their game it's more like yeah. you know people are just playing you know a a, a version of fallout yeah. that we see but my my plan b in case they were ever to dmca us mm. cuz of course i would say yes yeah. Is that you know a lot of the work that's been done on this, that's valuable, is actually nothing to do with Fallout at all, right? So yeah. all the code is a hundred percent from scratch. Yeah. Right? You know, actually most of the landscape, like in, in these new videos, all the the rocks, the foliage, all of that is not from Fallout, right? All of that is our own asset. Mm-hmm. Um. So the way I see it is that if you know if they were ever to to DMCA us, I would have basically this multiplayer framework. And all these assets and i could just make my own game pretty much see i was thinking that just there because like even with the name atomic mp you could always just do a little spiritual successor to fallout so it would essentially be like the same tone and feel but you could exactly yeah exactly. just essentially just go off and do your own thing which could be more freeing as well exactly so right? the, way, the yeah. way that i'm seeing it the way that i'm seeing it is that for now what i'm doing hmm. all this code oh. right and <coughs> yeah. the way that i see it the way that i see it if if Bethesda decides to, to DMCA us, for mm-hmm. me, all that work won't be lost. All it will mean is that we'll have to get rid of you know, the human animations and the creatures and all that. But yeah. the truth is that there is a lot of resources online for human animations, right? Yeah. And to be honest, and I'm not trying to rag on Bethesda too hard, <laughs> but Bethesda's human animations aren't even really that good. In They're really not. That's, that. yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that you know this idea that it would be some kind of major law if mm. we you know if we if we got DMCA'd by by Bethesda I think is actually not so true. And mm. to be honest, all of this is mostly born out of two things for me: my love for Fallout and my desire to learn more about making games. Right. Yeah. And so if Bethesda sees this as a threat, I will gladly you know change change our 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 project because for yeah. me it wouldn't really. You know, it would only mean that I'd be losing the fallout of it. Yeah. But you know, at that point, you know, that's that's just one one part of the whole. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for now, I'm sticking with this. But if Bethesda ever has any problems with our project, I will gladly, you know, 
um, yeah. gladly. And I don't think it'd be very much of a loss in my opinion. No, definitely not because you still have like all your fundamentals there again, you know? Exactly. And I think that the gameplay that we're mm-hmm. this kind of like post-apocalyptic like sandbox sort of gameplay in yeah. first person, I think is something that people are hungry for anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, the the way I just played a game recently called Kenshi. I don't know if anybody. Oh, oh, Ken! I love Kenshi. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah to yeah. put things into perspective, basically, what I want to make is a first person shooter version of Kenshi, essentially. Yeah. Right. Obviously, there's differences, but yeah. that's kind of what I'm going for. And for mm. me, if it's in Fallout, great. If it's mm. not in Fallout, so be it. You know? Yeah. See, if I'm if I'm completely honest, I think you'll pre way cooler if you did your own like uh, like if if you did like hypothetically if you did get the uh, dmca'd uh mm-hmm. and you decided to go in your own direction and do your own thing and make it non-fallout mm-hmm. for me i had to see it doing really well i don't I, know why i'm sure i'm sure it would but I, yeah. I think this, this is where we come into another conversation yeah is that the, the other big truth that people sometimes miss about games is that the moment that you're making a game for profit, the moment you cross over, right. the moment you start making a game for profit, mm-hmm. it means that you need to start thinking about making money, right? Yeah. And mm. the truth is, is that making a game from scratch versus making a game in your free time is a completely different level of stress, a completely, you know, like all, all of a sudden, what was just you having fun working on your own stuff yeah. is talking to investors, finding support for the game marketing you know all yeah. the stuff and that's that's cool and i would love to do that hmm. but if i was gonna do that it would represent you know a big change even just in my life right because yeah. it would mean you know i'd have to make a studio i'd have to start hiring people you yeah. know and all of that is a complete different change of pace so yeah. i'm not saying it's never going to happen hmm. but given the choice i would prefer to continue working on this kind of as a side project yeah until until the day where you know either i have no choice hmm. or i feel like i have enough capital you know enough money in my bank account enough everything yeah to be confident enough to open my own studio but i mean you know i'm i'm only i'm only 24 right yeah and opening opening your own studio and all this shit is a big decision right? yeah and I think that sometimes, you know, people people get so used to seeing all these mod projects and everything that they think, oh, well, you know, from a mod project to a game, that can't yeah. be that big of a jump. Yeah. But what they don't realize is that just to, just to be marketable on Steam yeah. requires a huge amount of effort. Like you're competing against the world's biggest digital marketplace yeah. and you have to get your little rinky-dinky game to show up on there, right? Mm. Yeah. It requires like a, a mammoth amount of effort, right? Mm. So I'm sure it'll, you know, I mean, I'd like to think it'll happen someday and I'm yeah. sure it will, but you know, I think that day is not today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's completely, yeah. See, it's, think, it's crazy. It, yeah. I think in, in essence, in essence, I think you're right. You know, yeah. I think it would be good, but it's just, you know, I think it, you have to ask yourself, you know, well, like how how ready am I mm. to throw my chips in? You know? Yeah. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, 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 that's fine. No, I was just I, like, um, I was just thinking over about all the background stuff of games because again, I'm not a developer. I, I never think about that sort of stuff. You know. Yeah, With it's all, all the. the same, you know, we were just yeah. talking about testers. You mm. know, the average QA tester gets paid a salary from 30,000 to 50,000 Canadian dollars here in 
here in Canada per yeah. year if they're if they're entry level. Yeah. Right? And you know, thirty thousand, fifty thousand, that's just one tester, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, now imagine if I would need to hire, you know, three testers, you know, a, a game designer, a level designer, mm. two artists, programmer. You know, like that's salaries that are just just in salaries. Forget marketing, forget anything else, just in salaries. You know, you're already hitting expenses of a hundred thousand dollars a year or more. That's right? crazy, yeah. And the only way, you know, obviously no individual unless you're like the fucking prince of Dubai or something (laughs) on their own, right? So what that means is that means two things. That means either taking out a loan, which is the first thing, or that means going to some investor and saying, hey, here's my game project. I'd like to pitch it. What do you say, right? Yeah. And for the loan part, of course, a loan is super risky, right? Because mm-hmm. it means that you're basically putting your your ass out there, and if yeah. you you know if the game doesn't work or whatever happens, you've got this crazy loan to pay back, right? And the other option, getting um getting investors takes a lot of time. You have to build like you know you have to build uh, documents for the game. You have to you know, have a prototype that they like all this, right? Yeah. But then on top of that, once you do that, they're gonna want to take some of the creative freedom from your game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know, as an investor, they're going to want certain things and they're going to give you certain advice or whatever, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that any of that is bad in and of itself, but it's all things that have to be considered when you're, you know, kind of throwing yourself into the pit like that, you know? What yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. So, I I just think I think sometimes when people when people think about making games, they they forget just how herculean of a task it is to to get something like this off the ground yeah there's a when you're talking about all that they actually covered a game recently called within the cosmos Um, yeah it it was like a space our worlds kind of style rpg all being made by like one guy Mm-hmm. And that guy must be fucking stressed out of his mind. <laughs> it's just yeah, thinking stress, about all that stress. elements. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jesus. it reminds me of uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Stardew Valley. It's, it's ah, game. yeah, yeah. That was developed by one guy over ten years, right? Mm. And you have to think that means that this dude was building this game for ten years, making no money, no income, right? If I remember yeah. correctly, I think I think it was his girlfriend who was helping him out, um, who was working. Yeah. And you know, just to have that amount of faith, you know, and the truth is, is that his game could have easily not worked, you know, yeah. and it might, it might have even just been dumb luck, you know, mm. he might have released the game on the wrong day, or like not enough press would have covered it, or it would have made the Steam top ten or whatever, right? Mm. And then that would have been ten years just down the drain, yeah. pretty much. And like, yeah, it would have still been cool because he would have made his game. Yeah. But he could have never made another game, and he would have he would have had to pay back all of his debts for the rest of his life, right? Fuck. And I think that, <laughs> yeah, you know, when you realize that, you realize just how much of an act of faith it is for these individual developers to build these games. Because basically, what they're saying is they're saying, "I know that there's a high probability chance that I'm never going to make enough money off of this, mm. and that I'm gonna, you know, and that I'm gonna have to spend the rest of my life paying back debt." but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why some of those dudes, you know, some of those women and, and gentlemen who are making, making those games by themselves don't get nearly enough credit because they're putting their lives on the line, you know, literally their lives on the line to yeah. bring you entertainment. Right. And, you know, I, I mean, I think that's really impressive. Right. Mm. 
Yeah, because th- those are people who are potentially sacrificing everything just to make this game that they care so much about, right? Yeah. Fuck. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's just something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even Kenshi, Kenshi, we were just talking about. It's the same thing, yeah. right? It's this one dude who's been working on this thing. You know, that's like Is at that, that point, guy? that's like your baby. Yeah, I think I think it's him and like I think it's him and a couple other people that yeah. he hired after. I think he did most of it by himself. Yeah. Because I remember um, there was a Steam community post or a Twitter post or something like that. And he was like, ah, yeah, we're working on Kenshi 2 already. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, oh, if, if this is okay. one person, you need to slow the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. God. But that's the thing. Those, those people just have a burning passion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're in it, they're in it 100%. Yeah. Know, which I definitely admire a lot. You know? Yeah. But the truth is, is that you know and i i think i definitely i have some of that passion as well mm-hmm. but you know it also you know it takes also knowing that you're in a stable enough place that you can survive you know yeah and, and at the moment you know i'm i'm still you know trying to get better known in the game industry i'm working in as many companies as i can and mm. so the day that i go indie is going to be a day when i have a lot of connections and a lot of people that i can reach out to to get my game visibility you know yeah like that's that's the thing is that you know the game industry is kind of a small industry right mm. and once you've worked in a lot of companies people know your name and then at that point you know you can get out Where and everybody can, knows your name yeah everybody <laughs> You know, and at that point, at that point, when when it's time to market your game, all of a sudden you have a bunch of people you can reach out to. You know, you can yeah. be like, hey, like listen, Jim, you know, like if you could just talk about my game on your podcast, or you could just do this or just that or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have you potentially have a chance of your game being on on the Steam top ten. Which that's like honestly, games live and die by the steam top 10 you know that's like that's the that's the proving ground you mm. know for a lot for all these indie games you know if you don't get enough wish lists on steam yeah like that's it. your game will not make it you know fuck right yeah so yeah it's it's a it's a it's a cutthroat world out there for indies that explains it right okay Right, right, right. So, because I, I was always thinking, because um, companies and all that, when they put out Twitter posts just before the game comes out, they're like, ah, yeah, wishlist is in Steam. Now exactly. understand. They <laughs> now understand. And you're, you're always like, why are they insisting so much? It's like, why, well, the why do you need a wishlist? God. Exactly. Yeah. The reason why is because for them, that's like, dude, they have all these investors breathing down their neck, and that's the way for them to say, hey, look, people are going to buy this game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think right. it's. I think that you know all this just to say that this is all my answer. Mm-hmm. Just question about making my own game. I think that's that's kind of where that all comes from. And actually, you know, some some of the members of our team have worked on their own titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we've we've obviously all been you know helping each other out and encouragement and testing and all that. Yeah, I think I've and seen. I, I think one of them didn't. One of them share a link to their website or something like that in Discord. Yeah. Once? Yeah, that's that's yeah. very very possible. Um, I specifically off the top of my head, you know, one of our um on on the Discord, his name is the Lone Wander. Uh, they're currently making a fantasy co-op game uh, called Exodus Rising. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which actually, I just played yesterday, and it's really polished. It's looking really good. Yeah. Um, I think they're giving out keys actually. So if, you know, if it's something oh. you want to play, it, you know, keys. But, you um, say yeah mm. but but you know i think if anything their story you know they've been working on that game for like four years right mm. and if anything their story shows like just how you know how much faith you have to have to be able to work on some of these games you know? yeah mm-hmm. 
So definitely admire them a lot for that. For sure. Yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, scale back to Atomic MP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll dive off into a very interesting topic, a very interesting one. Yeah. But uh, let's go talk about that because I think there's a few people in the chat that don't really know too much about the game. Like, they, they probably watched the video. They probably know a little yeah. bit. Uh, so there's a few questions I want to ask. So the setting of this game, let's just bare bones. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's do it. So, okay, so- Nevada. Why? Nevada, that's correct. You you chose it because of New Vegas, right? So I chose I chose it for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's great about the state of Nevada, even forgetting, yeah, is that, I mean, and I'm sure a lot of people know this, but it's basically one giant desert that's mm. bordered with California, has a big mountain range with a lot of forest in it, right? Yeah. So the way that I see it is that it's kind of. You know, it's it's got a lot of biomes, right? You know, it's got this desert area. It has some big salt flats as well. It's got some mountains. It's got some forest. You know, mm. it's definitely enough for a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. But the main reason why I want Nevada is because I want to make New Reno, right? Which, for those of you who aren't in the know, is basically New Vegas's sister city in the Fallout universe. So it's like the it's the scummier, sort of shittier you know, more dark, more drug-infested version yeah. of New Vegas, right? Yeah. Basically, ah, New Vegas. Hmm. Yeah, New like Glasgow. There you go. <laughs> New Vegas, if there wasn't a Mr. House to keep everything together, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a chaotic place. You know, you can't walk down the street without somebody asking you to be in a porno or, like, you know, trying to kill you. you know, that That's 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 the lay of the land, right? <laughs> Ask you to be and, in a porno. There you go. No, no, no that, that's how it is. In New- yeah. In Fallout 2, you know, you're walking around, they're trying to try to it. But anyway, so yeah. what I'm trying to say is that that city for me, it represents a lot of what I love about the, the wasteland, right? Yeah. You know, the faction struggle, you know, the crime, like, you know, all these themes, this idea of war and of greed and human suffering, like all, all these different themes, I think, really come together. Mm-hmm. And also the more technical aspect is in comparison to the creation engine, Unreal Engine is really good at doing cities. It's good at doing dense environments. You yeah. know, it's it's really good at procedural generation. It's really good at you know uh, what what's called occlusion culling, which is basically when an object is not being not in the camera, it's it's instantly um, uh, removed from the rendering, which mm-hmm. means that you get, you can get really good performance even in very dense city. Um, areas yeah so what i'm hoping is i'm hoping to take all of that unreal engine tech and to make this city in it and that city will be like the epicenter of the map right yeah so you'll be you'll like you'll be coming in from the wasteland so like you know i mean as you can see in in you know in the recent video like the gas station video it's it's a it's a crazy huge desert right you're out in the middle of the desert you're on the high you know you're walking down this highway fighting your way through it just to get to new reno and then new reno will be like an explosion of like neon signs yeah. and like all this crazy shit right and i think Late that's the what i exactly yeah. that's what i want to bring that's what i want to bring into um into unreal is i want to bring that feeling and i want to bring it into multiplayer yeah because i think the problem that i've seen with 76 is that it kind of feels and even with this new stuff that they're bringing in with this wastelanders update it still feels kind of lifeless. You know what I mean? Mm. What I want is I want to have New Vegas 
as it was originally envisioned in the concept art. You know, this crazy oh, huge city. Yeah. You know, with like the fires burning and like, you know, like people freaking out and like, you know, all the stuff. And I think New Reno will be a good way to do that, you know? Yeah. It, it's only ever been shown in the isometric fallouts. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's never had a 3D representation, right? Yeah. And on top of that, you know, it's kind of, it's the story of New Reno is kind of perfect. Because basically, so, so the, the canon of our game is that the NCR wins the second battle of the Hoover Dam and the Legion gets beat back into Arizona, right? Right. And so the NCR end up actually taking over New Vegas and Mr. House lives, so he doesn't die. But Mr. House um, basically is forced into obscurity and he never he never receives the the platinum chip. So he's in basically a constant standoff with the NCR. And right. the more NCR show up, the more it gets colonized, the more Mr. House basically becomes like a figurehead for New Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. So New Vegas has become very sanitized, like between the NCR and Mr. House's robots you know, there's not very much space for crime anymore, right? So all the criminals and all the vagabonds and all the bandits and all these shitty people are trying to find another city where they can, you know, exist. And that city is New Reno, right? So New Reno, even more so than it's ever been, has become like this like crazy den of thieves and killers. Exactly. There you go. And so I think that's, that's kind of what we're going for. Yeah, that sounds so fucking cool, man. Oh, yeah. that's brilliant. Are you excited to work in Lee Nurino? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be so good. Actually, so this new map, what we're going to do is that I'm going to work on a, on these small locations, get things mm. kind of livened up. And then we're going to have a first build where I'm going to be building Golgotha, which um, for those who don't know, Golgotha is the giant, basically, cemetery right outside of New Reno where all of the mobsters in New Reno, they go to, like, basically bury the people that they've killed, right? Mm. So, like, you know, there's people crucified all over the place. There's mass graves. There's, like, you know, like, this, you can smell it from, like, miles away, right? There's, like, just tons of people fucked up there, right? Yeah. And that's going to be the entrance into New Reno. So to go to New Reno, you have to walk through Golgotha, basically. Mm-hmm. And Golgotha is pretty much a warning. It's like a warning to everybody coming into Nuno, you know? It's like, you're coming to Nuno, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to make a bunch of caps, you know, whatever. Like, I'm a big tough guy. And then you walk through this cemetery full of, like, all the people who've messed up in this city, right? Right. And then, you know, it kind of it kind of temper, tempers you down a little bit, right? You're like, oh, shit, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not such a tough guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that, that that's that's the kind of the big location we're going to be working on. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to get started on New Reno. But New Reno is going to be, you know, I mean, because it can't just be buildings. It has to be buildings and NPCs and yeah. quests. and to be the filled with yards, life right? and purpose. Exactly. So I think the first things that we're going to do is we're going to get this basic quest system working. We've already, we already actually, we already have our dialogue system. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, which we've shown off previously. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to be testing out some of the NPCs in smaller towns. And then yeah. once once we have a good feeling on how the quests work, once we're happy with, you know, kind of the way the game is, the basic gameplay, then we'll move on to New Reno. Yeah. Oh, that's that should be exciting. Just hopping on for that. Because there will be tests in New Reno. Definitely. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. That'd be an exciting, exactly. exciting first actually, test to do. <laughs> And actually, what I'm yeah. hoping, what I'm hoping now is that you know, now that we've fixed our database, I'd like right. to 
keep on having tests as often as we can. So yeah. potentially, you know, either every weekend or every other weekend, maybe every other weekend. I think yeah. Be more <laughs> um, I, I'd like to have tests um, and get as many people on as possible. So for example, I'm thinking of maybe trying to do one next weekend. Um, so next weekend, you know, if you're around Bundy, I guess with oh, this quarantine, I'm we might all definitely. be around. <laughs> yeah. We, we definitely jump in and we can, we can have a go. I think that'd be a, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Cool. So there's uh, ages ago, I like I've not had the chance to do it, and because like I think the last time I played the test, you gave me your account or, so, or something like that. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. So there's a character creator, right? Yeah, that's true. There is yeah. a character creator. So um, at the... sorry. Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh ahead, no, I was go just going to mention like there is an option to be a ghoul in the character. That's creator. correct. That's Will correct. this impact anything? Like, see if like so if I play as a ghoul, right? Like, obviously, other people are going to role plays like, racist and shit like that. Well, mm-hmm. like, NPCs look at me and be like, oh, no, it's that zombie so, or whatever. Um, so, I'm going to do, I'm gonna do the, the typical thing where I tell you what we have, ah, what yeah, I want, right. and how yeah. long it's going to take. Um, so, I'm going to send you, actually, right now, some screenshots um, to, to, to back this up. So, what we have right now is when you're a ghoul, it, there's a variable in your... Uh, in, in your in your character yeah. that tells NPCs that you're a ghoul, right? Yeah. And so, for example, uh, let me see. Uh, let me find a good screenshot of this. Um... So for those watching the stream now, just as you're finding that, uh, this is actually gameplay from back in January that you're watching now. So this, like, this isn't even an updated build or anything like that. So this is... Like much of this is probably changed <laughs> by now, and also the graphics are not as uh, great because it's on my old computer, so it's a bit shite. But if you want, you can also, you can also show them the the new. Yeah, I've been showing them. Uh, I showed off the uh, garage gameplay and the Vera ah, okay, gameplay gotcha, as well. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, this is the look of the dialogue system now that um, Morgan was just talking about there. Oh yeah, perfect. Okay, so basically, yeah. you'll see that the the way the way the dialogue system works is um, essentially right now there's a bunch of variables, and every time the NPC gets to a dialogue option, they check all those variables, and that influences what they're going to say, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, right now we already have this in the game. If you're a ghoul, certain NPCs will choose different options. So, for example, there's this caravan guard who's, who is himself a ghoul, right? Mm. And if you talk to him and you're a ghoul. You, you have an extra option, but it's not highlighted. It's just an extra option, but it's not highlighted. So you can choose to take it or not. Yeah. Where you can where you can tell him, hey, man, you know, life is hard as a ghoul. Can you give me a little more money? And then he'll say yes, right? Right. And so it's like there's these extra options that you'll have depending on, like, different stats in your character. So, so uh, you know, let's say you're a big, tough guy, right? Mm-hmm. And you show up for, like, a, a mercenary job, right? Yeah. They're going to they're going to pay you more money if you're tough because they're like, oh, this guy, you know, he's going to protect us better, right? Hmm. But if you're also dumb, they might try to rip you off and give you a shittier price, right? right. So all, all of the stats, all of the special stats will be important because at, at any moment, you know, it might screw you over. Like if your character is super dumb, you're going to get screwed over by every merchant, right? Because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll think you're an idiot and they'll think they can take advantage of you, right? Yeah. But... You know, if you're really smart, but you're also really weak, then, you know, people are going to try to intimidate you because they'll know that you're smart, but they'll also know that you're weak. And so they'll try to take advantage of you by being a bully, right? Yeah. So there's, I think there's all these different layers that we're going to have with the dialogue. And actually, right now, we have all the systems ready for that. 
we have, you know, the whole dialogue system is, is, is currently in place. It checks all the variables, all that is in place. So now really it's just about making NPCs and making content. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. Um, and I think actually the first quest that I'm going to have, which I've already started working on is the caravan quest. And that's oh, going to be the quest yeah. that I'd like to have in the build. So basically what you do is that you follow this, this, um, you know, this Brahmin or this big horner around mm -hmm. and you bring them from one location to the other. And once you've brought them to the other location, then the, the, um, the character will give you a reward yeah. right, for, for bringing the Brahmin over. But then also the kind of twist is that another player could come while you're bringing the Brahmin from one location to the other and then kill you and then loot the Brahmin, right? Yeah. And so at that point, it's like, you know, then you have basically two different roles that the players can play in each in each quest, mm -hmm. either as the person who's doing the quest or the person who can come and interrupt the quest, right? Yeah. And that's how you see how it kind of ties into the faction stuff that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Because if you're part if you're part of the raider faction, the raider faction might give you a quest called go you know, go raid a certain amount fuck of caravans, up. right? Yeah. Like, go fuck some caravans <laughs> up. Those, and those caravans will be other players. They won't be NPCs. They'll be other players, yeah. right? So at that point, you see how the different factions kind of intertwine with each other. Right? Hmm. See, I'm curious, like, uh, with players killing other players, you have the reputation system in there. We've talked about mm -hmm. that. Is there going to be like a karma system, kind of like kind of like in Daisy? I keep making Daisy comparisons, but <laughs> it's like so actually, yeah. there, there won't be a there won't be a karma, system, yeah. right? But what there what there will be is there'll, there'll be two things. There will be first off a reputation system with each faction. So if you kill players from another faction, your reputation is going to change with that with that faction, right? Yeah. And so let's say for example you kill, let's say you kill a lot of you know a lot of uh, a lot of NCR soldiers, right? If you show up at an NCR base, they'll shoot you on site, right? And if you murder a lot of innocent people, then you know they're gonna they're let's let's say you murder a lot of wastelanders outside of a town. That town is no longer gonna like you. Well, mm. let's say you go into a town and you like shoot up you shoot up a shop or something, right? Yeah. That town, the next time you try to come there, they'll kill you on site, right? Right. See, I was so actually gonna. Sorry. Uh, I was go gonna. Ahead. I was gonna ask. Like, uh, so there's no like safe areas like in towns. You can't. You, like you become invulnerable sure. in a town or something like that. So there's so none of that. At, at, yeah. At the moment, we have safe areas in the towns. Yeah. Uh, but at some point, I'd like to remove that and have it so that there's no safe areas. Mm. But if you if if you shoot somebody in a town, you'll have to suffer the consequences. Right. Yeah. But. That's going to take a lot of design work to keep people from just spam killing each other in the town. Yeah. So, so for the moment, we're making it so you're invulnerable inside of town, but it's a temporary measure. Yeah. Okay, um, that's interesting. And uh, the so the other thing I was going to say is that so there's that one system, and there's no karma system, but what there is 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 that if you go and kill a lot of people, it's gonna it's gonna add a stat to your character, mm -hmm. and that stat is basically like it'll affect your demeanor, right? So let's say you kill a lot of people, right? It might yeah. affect your charisma. So you might be less charismatic if you've murdered a lot of people because your guy is like basically suffering from yeah. PTSD from having murdered so many people, yeah. right? Your guy just becomes and like also, Frank Castle. Exactly. <laughs> and also your 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 physicality, your guy will just look more evil, right? You know, because it's, oh, like, it, it's like is it kind of like in Fable? That's kind of like, like in Fable, yeah. exactly. 
So it w- it won't be obvious changes to your character like in Fable, yeah. like you're not gonna grow horns or anything. <laughs> yeah. But when an NPC talks to you, they'll they, they can tell that you're a bad motherfucker, right? Yeah. So it, let's say let's say like you know maybe there's a quest in the town where you have to help um, some shopkeeper like go go I don't know like you know it's it's a it's a quest where you have to go help some shopkeeper find some missing supplies, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a normal guy and you show up. You know, the shopkeeper will be like, "Oh yeah, like you know, I, I could use your help. You seem like a good, you seem like a good guy. If you go get these supplies, I, you know, I, I'd really appreciate it." But if you're a bad motherfucker who's killed tons of people, the moment you step into that shop, they're gonna take one look at you and they're gonna be like, "Uh, actually, we're fine. We don't need your help, <laughs> right?" Because because yeah. you're scaring the shit out of them because yeah. you're this crazy killer, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no karma system, but people will look at you differently if you've done a lot of bad shit. Yeah. Oh man, that, that yeah, everyone. I find that really interesting. Really, and the other thing too is that you know there's going to be a, we're going to make a bounty hunting system. So we don't have this implemented yet, but I'm going to be right. working on it. Oh. Uh, a bounty bounty hunting system. Yeah, where basically either NPCs will put a bounty on you, mm. or other players can put a bounty on you. So if you do a lot of crazy shit, you know you can expect somebody to be coming to look for you, right? Yeah, to try and get that bounty on your head. And because in our game, when you die, you lose all of your items, right? Yeah. You know, having a bounty on you is a shitty thing, right? Because that means that at any moment you might be doing something and somebody will come and kill you for your item. Hmm. So, you know, that's that, that's the lay of the land on that one. All right. Morgan, I mm-hmm. fucking love that. <laughs> the whole <laughs> concept of Bounty Hunter thing. Because before, um, before Late 76 came out, I was making... I was making like videos like with my ideas for what I would want. And one video was uh becoming a bounty hunter or something like that was called and it basically described exactly what you just said there. Isn't it a cool idea? I yeah. Think it's awesome. I think it's fucking cool. Yeah, I would love that. Like making like a bounty hunter guild or something like that, completely role playing that scenario would be fucking amazing. It's gonna be especially in this map that we have right now where it's like this big open desert. I can just imagine, you know, like you're 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 hiding behind some rocks, you yeah. know, with your sniper rifle, like waiting for this dude, you know, and you know, oh, like you you heard from somebody that he needs to go do this quest or that he's part of this faction, so you're just waiting for him, right? Yeah. And then you see him, you just pop his head off, and you go and you grab the bounty, you know. Yeah. And you go back to the town and you get your caps from the office, you know. It's just, I just think it's such a cool, such a cool concept, you know. Oh man, like I, yeah. It's, yeah it's something you wouldn't see in like um in like 76 for example yeah and, the, and the truth is, is that from a technical standpoint it's yeah. not very difficult to do right because all yeah. you have to do is you have to have, you have to have a system where yeah. you can like put a player's name in and then you add a bounty yeah and then if somebody kills that player they get that amount of cash like it's not it's not very complicated i think the reason why bethesda didn't do it in 76 for example is mm. because it's for it to make any sense for it to have any bite when you kill the person it needs to be bad for them and the problem yeah. is that right now in 76 if you kill another person it's really not that big of a deal right uh, like what they, they they lose a little bit of junk or something yeah shit, you know? it's like it's barely even worth mentioning right yeah but in our game in our game when you die you lose fucking everything right yeah. so all of a sudden being the target of a bounty has a lot more meaning right because mm. it's like oh shit if this person like if I did do something bad and I have tons of bounty on me, somebody's gonna come for me eventually, right? Yeah. And when I die, it's gonna really suck, right? Yeah. 
I can just imagine like the tense scenario of like you realizing you have a bounty and then you run off somewhere to try and like store some stuff before getting shot so you just don't exactly. lose any of your inventory. The other thing too, other than just your inventory, um, so th- which will avoid people like just storing their items to avoid getting shot, yeah. is that people will have reputations as gunslingers, as legends, right? Right. And if you have a bounty on you, that legend goes up, right? So it's like if you have a bounty, the legend goes up. But yeah. if somebody kills you and takes the bounty, your legend goes way down, right? Right. So it's like basically if you have a bounty on you and you're able to survive for a long-ass time, you'll become like a legend because people mm. think, oh my God, like this guy, he's like <laughs> killed a bunch of people. He's yeah. stolen a bunch of shit and nobody's ever killed him. Right. So it's like, yeah. you're, like you're, you're a, you're a legend amongst outlaws. Right. Yeah. And so basically the longer that you can survive with a big bounty on your head and the bigger that bounty gets, the more reputation you'll have. Mm. And there will be certain shops out in the wasteland. Like one of them, for example, is going to be a bar. There's going to be a bar out in the wasteland. That's like known as a bar where the bounty hunters and the and the outlaws go. Oh, that's right? so fucking cool. And if you go to that bar and you have a really high reputation, yeah, then they will sell you stuff that you can't buy anywhere else, right? Mm. So like you know, like you might be like this crazy outlaw who's killed tons of people and who's never been caught. And if you go to the bar, like they bring you into the back room and they'll sell you like crazy weapons or they'll sell you like you know like a super souped up motorcycle or something oh is it kind of like that shop in new vegas exactly yeah like Mickey yeah Mickey yeah, like, yeah yeah where you show up and if you're in the know you know if they know who you are yeah you get to go back buy all this crazy shit right oh that's so fucking cool man oh yeah. see talking like see when we were talking about new reno there was a thought that i had mm-hmm. in my head right and i forgot to mention it but since we're in Nevada, right? Gambling. Yeah. So that's that's the other thing is gambling. Uh, yeah. Of course. So this 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 is the big problem with gambling is that um, it needs to be the gambling needs to be in a way where it can't be abused, right? Because mm, yeah. for example, actually, New Vegas had this problem where in New Vegas you can make basically infinite cash by gambling, right? Yeah. So. I think what I'm going to do at some point is I want to have an actual poker mini game in the game, like full poker, right? Yeah. And you won't be able to play against NPCs. You'll only be able to play against players, right? And it'll be basically like playing poker for real, right? So you'll go to Nerino and like the dude will put all his caps in and like who knows if you win or not, you know? like Yeah. Especially because actually our game already has voice chat in it at the moment. Um, So we have voice chat in the game already. I've never tested that before, yeah. yeah. So right now, if you if you if we were to implement a poker mini game, you'd be able to hear other people's voices, right? Mm. So like you know you'd be you'd be playing, and the guy would say like you know like oh, are you gonna fold or not, right? You know mm. like you'd like you'd be able to actually talk to each other while you're playing, which I yeah. think would be really. Oh, man, this game is so sick. I'm just sitting here, just like a massive grin in my face. <laughs> like this is <laughs> so fucking cool, man. Oh, like see. In this game, like, it seems like role-playing is, like, a ma- like it's way major than the likes of, like, 76, right? See, and I, ha- I have this philosophy where yeah. I think that the best way to encourage role-playing is to have a game where the stakes are high. So, yeah. like, you know, where you, yeah. where you stand to lose a lot, right? Uh-huh. Or win a lot. And also just to make systems that encourage the player to role So, for example... And right now we have a thirst and a, a hunger system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
the thirst and the hunger system, you know, obviously start losing damage and you get weak when you're dying of thirst or hunger, just like any other game. Yeah. But the difference is, is that it takes a lot longer for you to get thirsty or hungry, right? Mm, yeah. And food and water is really rare, right? Which is the difference between, like, for example, in Fallout 4, right? Yeah. You get, you know, or in Fallout 76, you get hungry and thirsty pretty quickly, right? Yeah, it's fucking and ridiculous. But the problem is that it's so easy to find food or water. You know, like, there's food and yeah. water fucking everywhere, right? Not for us. For us, food and water is going to be fucking expensive and rare, right? Mm. So there will easily be a scenario where, you know, you're hanging out with your buddy and you're thinking, man, there's not enough water for both of us, right? <laughs> but if I, if, I, if I kill him and I loot his body, yeah. maybe I'll have enough water to make it to the town before we die, right? Yeah. And that, for me, is like you're basically encouraging roleplay through gameplay mechanics. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because our wasteland is going to be such a harsh environment, there will be people out there who will kill each other, not because they're trying to roleplay, but just out of pure survival. Yeah, just for war. See, I was thinking there, I was like, oh, do you know what? Do you know what's a smart idea? Or not a smart idea, a completely dumb idea? Um, if I roleplayed as one of those beggars outside of like Fallout 3's towns, you know? Exactly. Just, <laughs> just sat there, like, I need some water, dude. You know, you know what's going to happen? Somebody's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I got I got a whole crate of water right nearby. Come with me." Oh, and then you'll come with them, yeah. and then like they're gonna put like an explosive collar on your neck or something, and be like, "All right, now you work for me." Oh, right? that'd be oh oh yeah. And then like if you leave the proximity of that exact player, then you would explode. Exactly. That would be exactly. fucking insane, dude. Right? <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> that would be so. Oh, imagine just role playing as a raider, and you go out, and then you do the whole like caravan thing, right? Uh, but you don't actually kill the person you just put a collar on them you still get the loot yeah. from the caravan and you bring back a slave as well that'd be fucking exactly, sick exactly. that'd be so sick oh yeah. man so much possibility so i think this thing is i think with this game i think there's a lot of possibility and what i'm hoping yeah. is i'm hoping you know people from the fallout community people who you know and it, honestly even if you've used the if you've used the settlement builder in fallout 4 mm unreal for making like for making locations it's even easier to use in the settlement building for making locations it's like yeah. way easier to use right so even if all that you want to do is just build a location on our map mm. you know hit me up go to the discord you know uh go to its um its recruitment the recruitment chat the staff recruitment yeah go there you know get t talk to me send me a send me a message and we can figure out how to get you you know making locations and i think that there's a lot of value in even just that, right? Yeah. So if anybody wants to work on this project, if anybody likes the idea of this design, definitely hit me up. Yeah, definitely. And also below, if you're listening on YouTube, there will be a the link in the description. So you can go hop in the server that way if there you want. There we go. Yeah, there you are. Oh man, dude, you've covered so much in this fucking hour. I did, like, I've completely <laughs> lost track of time and I was like, how long have we been talking for? What? It's been over an hour now. Jesus. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a hot second. I hope I'm not keeping yeah. you. Oh, no, 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 no. I've been enjoying this talk. I've been really, I've just let you just like go and just tell me a lot of things. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm enjoying this. I'm really enjoying this. Because like, I, um, with my previous interviews and stuff like that, I have like just had to keep talking and asking the questions like, non-stop but yeah. i've had like i want to say a page full of questions here and they're already like just been wiped out just <laughs> i don't even need to ask them <laughs> yeah i think i think that's yeah. i think that's the thing right is i think that yeah. 
you know, a lot of us Fallout fans, we kind of want the same stuff. You know yeah. What I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that, if anything, that's why 76 has been such a glaring problem. It's not because of the bugs. It's yeah. not because of whatever. It's yeah. because the game just doesn't live up to the promise that the Fallout series provides. Yeah, like, know? I think, yes. Like, like you said, there was, like, everyone who wanted a Fallout multiplayer game all, uh, yeah, judging from like me and you and a few others I've talked to as well, all had the exact same idea in our head. Exactly. Which yeah. is Atomic MP. <laughs> so <laughs> go to so now we just gotta MP. make it. <laughs> but that's why I'm saying, honestly, if we can get a lot of people on these tests, yeah. it's going to give us a better how, and better idea of How many fun. people are going to be fit in the server? So at the moment, a hundred is how much Fuck. is like the, the right. maximum limit. Yeah, that's um, crazy. But if we get more than a hundred people per server, there's two possibilities. Either is that I host multiple servers, mm. or that I find a way to expand, you know, our our database structure to accommodate more than a hundred people. Yeah. Which you know we'll have to see. Already though, I think already a hundred is a very decent amount in my opinion. Way more than seventy six. Yeah, <laughs> just start ripping well, see, them That's the good thing is that you know, with working in Unreal Engine, is that they've made a lot of updates for Fortnite, right? Uh, and yeah. of course, Fortnite has a hundred people. So when you're working in Unreal Engine, you're benefiting from those updates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even thought about that because like the amount of like battle royale games that came out like right after Fortnite. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's insane. So, actually, do you know what? An interesting question I just thought of there, right? So, there's going to be, like, with quests in this game, is there, like, a choice and consequence sort of thing? Yeah, so, this is kind of where it gets more complicated with multiplayer, is that, mm. you know, you can't have consequences that change the game world too much. Yeah. Because then, then what about another player who will come in, and then the choice won't be the same for them? Yeah. So, I think I'm going to split the quests into, into three types of quests. So... The first type of quest is going to be quests that you get from normal NPCs in towns, right? Mm-hmm. And they will be quests that'll be interesting, but that won't necessarily have a permanent effect on the world, right? Yeah. Or if they do have an effect on the world, it'll be an effect that only you can see, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll give an I'll give an example of a quest like that. Let's say there's a quest where um, you know a, a shopkeeper. Uh, like her son or something went out into 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 the wasteland and he's lost and like nobody's heard from him and she wants you to go find him right yeah maybe you'll go find him and then eventually you'll find his corpse right and so you'll go back to her and you'll tell her that her son is dead right yeah and so the the next time that you talk to her when she talks to you she'll say you know yeah i've been grieving it's been really hard but you know thank you for finding my son i appreciate it and she'll maybe give you a discount on her items or something Right? Yeah, but then another player who hasn't done that quest, if he goes and talks to that same shopkeeper, yeah. she'll say, "Hey, you know, I I've been really looking for somebody to go help find my son. Can you find him?" And so that way, because the dialogue will be different when each of yeah. you will talk to the NPC, mm-hmm. you'll see different things. So at that point, it's kind of similar to like if you ever <laughs> played World of Warcraft or something. Yeah, you know, where basically, but that won't be the only type of quest. Mm-hmm. The second type of quest will be the world event quests. And so right. these quests will trigger every once in a while, and there'll be quests that all the players will see the same thing happening at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, um, you know, there's a, there's a town, and all of a sudden that town is being attacked 
by like a huge gang of raiders, right? Yeah. And you can go and help defeat those raiders. That'll be that type of quest. Or let's say there's a player who's has a bounty on their head and their bounty has exceeded a million cap, right? Yeah. Then all of the players in every town will start hearing from NPCs about this one player who's like become like a fucking le- legend and yeah. everybody will try to go out and kill them, right? So there will be these world event quests like that that everybody will will, will see at the same time, right? Yeah. And then the final type of quest that we discussed before will be the faction quest. So these mm. will be like the ones that you get for from your faction and they'll be based off of which faction you're with and what your reputation is within that faction. Hmm. That's sorry. Like my brain is just keeps going with like filled with the ideas right. <laughs> of just how all this shit will play out. It's fan fucking fantastic, man. You yeah yeah you really have something cool here. You really do something. I don't think anyone else has going for them in the Fallout community just yet. Well, like, I, this think is... that, I think what, yeah. what what I like about it is that obviously a lot of it's based off the Fallout IP, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it's not just based off the Fallout IP because all these ideas could easily exist in their own game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. I think that's that's what I you know that's what I want to see from Fallout mods and games and all this. I want to see things that we've never seen in a Fallout game. Like I don't yeah. want to see the same shit, right? I want to see totally new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like um, Fallout London, like not yeah. even based in the US. <laughs> so, no, I, 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 I want to add a caveat to that. I yeah. intensely respect all of the mod teams and what they're doing out there. Yeah. I mean, some of those people have you know crazy huge teams working on the stuff, and it's very yeah. impressive. Yeah, I just think that we're just we're just not doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think we're our projects are so different. Yeah, that I think it's it's just it's you know it's apples to oranges. And yeah, it's hard to compare. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I actually have time for tonight, Morgan. No worries. But no I just worries. want to thank quickly thank time, yeah, man. thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. It was anytime, really good. Anytime. Yeah, mate. It was so hopefully, fun. hopefully we'll we'll see you and some of the in the, in the, the game in the testing like, realms. There we go. The on my new realms. PC, so it looks not Hell washed yeah, out. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me, yeah. brother. All right. Right. Thank Thanks you so much for watching. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And uh, again, if you are watching this on YouTube, then go down in the description below, join the um, uh, Atomic MP Discord. And if you want to work on the project, then just go to the recruitment tab, talk to Morgan. He'll hit you up. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Right, so man. I shall see you all later. Bye. Also, stay safe, everybody. Stay at home. Wash yes. your hands. The whole Wash nine yards. <laughs> Don't be retarded and leave the house. Stay indoors. Jesus. There we go. There we go. And and listen. And if you're gonna start a raider gang, hit me up. Okay. In real life, <laughs> in real life hit me the fuck up. I want to be in that shit.